This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number one, with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. So what is this podcast all about? That's the big question. So this is the Underground Podcast, obviously a little bit different than the regular Jocko Podcast. And in order to listen to it, you got to be part of the movement, <laughs> part of the Jocko Underground movement, which you can join by going to jockounderground.com. And why are we doing this? Why are we making this separate podcast? Well, there's a few reasons why we're doing it. We talked about it on the last Jocko podcast where we covered the linguistics of the book 1984 and also some of the things that happened in the book 1984. But look, we want Jocko Podcast to stay Jocko Podcast, and it will. But at the same time, we gotta remember that there is there is censorship happening in the world right now. Social media companies are doing it, traditional media companies are doing it, doing it. All these different platforms are doing it. Podcast platforms are doing it. And we've been fine. But there's there's absolutely a risk because these other platforms have control. In fact, the word deplatform is a word. <laughs> and people get deplatformed. And it would be ignorant of us, for us, to not have some kind of contingency plan in case things get crazy. And I don't anticipate them getting crazy, but you know, you don't go into combat hoping things get crazy. You go into combat prepared for contingencies. So that's what we're doing. And another, so, so that's reason number one. We don't wanna have someone else in control of our fate. The other thing is we don't wanna, we don't wanna have sponsors. And listen, we all know that we absolutely do talk about products that we make, products that we use, and products that we own. But what's, what's different there is that means we can't be held hostage by someone saying, we'll cut off your funding, right? Because <laughs> we don't want to be held hostage. So that's why we don't take other sponsors. And so that's what this is. The, we, we started this Jocko Underground as a contingency in case things fall apart and it's costing some money to get set up. We have to invest in it, which is fine. Another reason is, is to get some kind of, to, to strengthen the connections with people that are out there that are really in the game. And in the beginning it was pretty easy. Uh, but now we get overwhelmed with questions and topics and books to cover and there's, there's, there's too much to sort through, literally. We can't sort through it all. So this is a way to sort of weed out some of the people that are just throwing spaghetti at the wall. You ever heard that expression before? Yes. Sir. Yeah, throw some spaghetti at wall and, and see what sticks. Well, we're gonna screen some of that spaghetti so that we can actually get the good stuff and, and, and listen, as I said, Jocko Podcast is, it's, I want to keep it pure. Is that the right word? Pure? Yeah, I think so. I always think when someone puts on the Jocko Podcast, they want to put on their headset, they want to put in their earphones, and they're, they're ready for that thing. Mm-hmm. 
and I want that thing to be there and I want it to continue to have that essence. But I also want to do other things mm. and I want to talk about other topics and tangential subjects because a lot of tangential subjects that I see in the world, they help me understand things and when you know the way broadly you see it in all things. And sometimes I want to talk about some of those other things, things like psychology and sociology and philosophy and things that help me understand life and leadership and human nature even better. And even though I'm not a, I'm not a sociologist, obviously, I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but I'm also not a historian either. And I talk about history all the time. So I think we're okay to talk about these subjects and also these podcasts might be longer or shorter. They might be more scripted or less scripted. They might be more casual or, or more formal. I might read less, might read more. I don't really know. But I just wanna keep learning myself. I wanna keep passing on these lessons. I wanna keep exploring. And in order to do that, you gotta have a little bit of leeway. So I think this podcast, the underground podcast, will have a little bit more leeway move around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to listen to these underground podcasts, you go to the Jocko, you go to jockounderground.com and you subscribe. And it costs money. It costs $8.18 a month. Which is probably a strange number you're thinking, but there's layers to it. <laughs> <laughs> Serious layers to that number. If you think you know what it means, let us know. And listen, here's the deal. We also aren't looking to prohibit people from listening. We we are we are we are of the people and for the people. So if there's someone out there that you can't afford eight dollars and eighteen cents a month, that's fine. If you email assistance at jockounderground.com, we will cook you up for free. But if you can't afford it to kick a little, then that's much appreciated and that keeps us all free. So that's what we're doing. And with that, we're gonna jump into the topic of the day. Is that right? Yes. Topic of the day, cognitive biases. And what's interesting is this something that we've brushed on numerous times, numerous times on the podcast. And just to, but we never explored it too deeply. What are cognitive biases? This is the Wikipedia definition, which makes it legitimate. <laughs> Systematic pattern of deviation from the norm or rationality in judgment. So there's, there's little mistakes, little tendencies that we have as human beings that shift our opinion or shift our judgment. They distort our perception a little bit and they can make it harder for us to make good decisions and that's the key point. And not only can make it hard for us to make good decisions, if you understand them, you could understand that someone that you're dealing with is also perceiving things through these cognitive biases. And so you need to learn how to identify them in yourself and you need to learn how to identify them in other people. So there's different kinds. Some are, some are 
um, belief, decision-making, and behavioral. Some are social biases. And there's also memory biases, like the way you remember things. There's a, there's a pattern to the way people remember things. Mm. I found a cool list of these things on a, on a website called thevisualcapitalist.com. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It's just a list. I, I just wanted something to sort of, as a little guide to talk about these things. I don't think they're in any particular order, but, but they're interesting. And what's interesting about them it's um have you ever seen the movie echo charles the sixth sense yes sir so what's interesting about the sixth sense is it all when you see it when you get to the end and you realize what you just watched mm-hmm. and it all makes sense yeah. that's kind of the feeling that i get when you read about cognitive biases yeah. because you go oh yeah yeah oh yeah i see that yeah. i see it now yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. good to it's good to kind of know the end of the movie in this case yes let's let's talk about some of these Fundamental attribution error. We judge others on their personality or fundamental character, but we judge ourselves on the situation. <laughs> right? And the the they give this is what I liked about this website. They give these nice little examples. The example is Sally is late to class. She's lazy. You're late to class. It's because you had a bad morning, <laughs> all right? It's the traffic, so whatever, right? And that's very typical. And this yep. is something that you really do need to think about. And this is something people do all the time, all the time, is, oh, Echo's late. It's because he's lazy. It's because he doesn't time manage very well. But if I'm late, it's because I've got a legitimate excuse. We do that all the time. Yeah, Do that all the time. Horrible habit to get into. Yeah. Horrible habit to get into. I like to go strong in the other direction. I go strong in the I go strong in the opposite direction. Mm. In both cases. So if I'm late, I know that I was lazy and bad. <laughs> That's my attitude. <laughs> yeah, and if sure. you're late, I figure there's some legitimate problem. Like every single time. Every single time. <laughs> like, hey, there's something going on. Yep. Echo must have a flat tire yep. or whatever. Uh-huh. Right? So I go strong in the other direction. On both, and I think it's in order for me to try and make up for the for that cognitive bias because I know it's a, I know it causes problems. Yeah. I know it causes problems. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when I do do that part of it, where I say, like you know how I don't know if you ever heard the expression a contrarian, yes, right? Someone absolutely. who's just like just always yes, absolutely. So I I feel like that's that comes out a lot of the time when um when. Maybe it's like a normal situation to, to attribute or to pull off one of these fundamental attribution errors. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, someone does something, someone's late, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to be like, ah, oh, it's a freaking late person, like, freaking wasting my time or whatever, and yeah. you know, do, um, attributing all these things. But if you go, hey, wait, if it's almost like a contrarian response where it's like, oh, no, 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 it's not that. It's like you got to give them the benefit of the doubt kind right. of attitude, you know, like right. every time. Like, but I think it comes from, I don't know, as far as myself goes, it comes from like a contrarian maybe behavior. You know, like, like you'll, you'll say stuff all the time and I'll have it in my head. Wait, I'm just looking for the exception. Like, oh, that's not necessarily true if this, it, like, I don't say oh, it. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I get triggered in that way. So this one is not quite as like strong in that way. 
I get it, but, but I still feel but it. But you're but you're thinking that you're thinking through it, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think this true. is, and I think that's what you have to look at with all these cognitive biases. Human beings have a tendency in one direction, yeah, yeah. right? It's not a it's not a rule. It's not right. a hard fast rule. It's yeah. a tendency in one direction. When you get that tendency working, we have a tendency to judge other people. You know, based on their person, their 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 fundamental attribution, we judge other people like that. That's what we tend to do. Well, that's what human beings tend to do. You might not necessarily tend to do it, but human beings tend to judge other people yeah. that that's their character and they're bad. Whereas we judge ourselves based on the best possible circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the tendency. And you know, there's a lot of things I've been talking about on on EF online, as a matter of fact, with with what people tend towards, what human beings tend towards. And I'll give you an example. When things are getting a little bit crazy, we tend to, to freeze yeah. and not do anything. That's why we talk about being default aggressive because when you get default aggressive, it's like, oh, I need to make something happen. I yeah. can't just sit here. Yeah. We tend to just sit here. Why do we talk about humility so much? The reason we talk about humility so much is because we tend to let our ego get out of control. That's what we tend to do. Now, are there people, and there are vast numbers of people that are too humble, right? I can't, I'll never be able to do this. Oh, I'm too, I can't present. I don't, there's there's all kinds of people like that. Yeah. But people tend towards, I'll do this, I got this. You should be listening to me, I should be in charge. That's what people tend towards. So that's what these are. These cognitive biases are what we tend to do. Yeah. I'm not saying they're hard, fast rules, and no one's saying they're hard, fast rules. It's just a, a human tendency. Yeah, actually, Nate, even you explaining that, I'm like thinking like, no, no, I do that all the time with certain things. <laughs> like when people be negative, when people are being negative, bro, be negative like two times in a row. I'm like, oh, you're just a negative person. I don't say I yeah, try yeah, not yeah, to yeah, say yeah, that kind of stuff, yeah. but that's that's my little cognitive yep. discourse right there. Yep. Thinking they're negative. I guess it's like with certain stuff. Yeah, and even if you didn't say anything, imagine if that person comes to you and says, Hey, there's no way we're gonna get this project done in time. You'd be thinking, oh man, this is just Jocko, yeah. oh, just Jocko being negative, negative. again. And, and really, maybe the project couldn't be done. <laughs> yep. So, yep. good one. Fundamental attribution error. Next one. Self-serving bias. Our failures are situational, but our successes are our responsibility. <laughs> and the example is, you won that award due to your hard work rather than help or luck. Meanwhile, you failed the test because you didn't, hadn't gotten enough sleep. It's very similar. It's a very similar one where whenever you win, it's because you are awesome. Whenever you fail, it's because of something else. <laughs> this yeah. is the opposite of extreme ownership, by yeah. the way. Uh, another one, in-group favoritism. We favor people who are in our group as opposed to in an out group. Or sorry, I misread that. We favor people who are in our in group as opposed to an out group. So what does that mean? Francis is in your church, so you like Francis more than Sally. Yeah, that's that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I think some of that has to do with lack of understanding. Right. As soon as I know that you do jujitsu, we're kind of down. Yeah. Right. A little. We're at least a little bit. We have a big, maybe not a big. We have a commonality that I kind of get. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Jujitsu guy. You yeah, know, yeah, that's an actual guy. phrase, right? <laughs> yes, oh yeah, he's a jujitsu guy. You can kind of tell me uh, if you wanted to say, oh, you've done this before. 
Yeah. You'd be like, oh yeah, this guy Fred, you know, he's, he, I was talking to him. Do you know Fred? I'm like, no, I don't know him. Oh no, he's like, a, he's a jujitsu guy. He's oh, guy. and all of a sudden we can talk about <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. All of a sudden his, his, yeah. he's got merit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's true. It's kind of funny how we do that. Yeah. It's a little cognitive bias. You're trying yeah. to get me to understand this guy. So you, you put him into our in-group. Yeah. He's a jujitsu guy. Yeah. And you can do this kind of the opposite too when you think about it where you can be like, oh, he's a, I don't want to disparage any other martial arts, obviously, but he's a whatever guy. And then you automatically kind of take a psychological stand on this mm. guy, you know, just in the opposite way. Like, yeah. so if I'm trying to explain something good about a person, I'll say the in-group stuff. But if I'm like, want to say something bad, I'll be like, ah, he's a, you know, yeah, something else, some yeah. other group that some you're not in, thing. you know? Yeah, some yeah, you can thing. do that, huh? We used to do that with music. I, in fact, I still will. Someone will be like, oh, that guy's, he's an old hardcore kid. You yeah. Because yeah. I was into hardcore music. Right. Or I still am, but I was into hardcore music as a kid. Yeah. So one of my buddies would be like, oh, yeah, no, he's, a, he's an old hardcore kid. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like we, we have this commonality. So we're kind of good. We're kind of good. Now, it yeah. doesn't mean you can't be a jujitsu guy that's a, a horrible person or an old hardcore kid that's a hor- horrible yeah. person. That's absolutely true. But there's some cognitive bias that you need to fight through to get there. Yeah, and you you probably won't even if you're if you're talking about a, a, a you know a jujitsu guy a person that's not a good person and he does jujitsu mm-hmm. you're not going to call him a jujitsu guy good when you point. talk to someone else. Good point. Seems yeah, it seems like you that. would say like oh he does jujitsu right? You You'd might say, not even say it at all. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. Not, but exactly. you might be like, yeah, you know this guy, he's a real piece of shit. Oh, who is it? Oh, he does jujitsu. You'd say, he, he does, you wouldn't say he's a jujitsu guy. Yeah, you might know. You actually wouldn't say because now he's part of our group and yep. we don't want him in our group. Nope, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cognitive bias coming at you strong. Oh, yeah. Uh, Isn't that, so you know how like when you, and I kind of realized this when anytime you meet someone, usually male to male, um, I guess it's there with female as well but when you meet someone like almost like an evaluation process starts like real yeah real quick do they have cauliflower ears (laughs) (laughs) essentially that's one of the the things though whether it be cauliflower ears or or whatever it's basically is this guy a a friend or enemy kind of Mm -hmm. thing not that extreme that sounds super extreme but essentially that's what it is like is this guy with me or against me Mm -hmm. you know and it's the evaluation process starts so that in-group thing, that's like an established, almost like it feels like anyway, like it's an establishment of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, we got to fall. I got to fall somewhere with this guy or this guy that you're talking about or whatever. Um, and that seems to facilitate that thought process. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> next one, bandwagon effect. Ideas fads and beliefs grow as people adopt them okay sally believes fidget spinners help her children francis does too Hmm. i think that's pretty obvious pretty similar to this next one group think due to a desire for conformity and harmony in the group we make irrational decisions often to minimize conflict Sally wants to get ice cream. Francis wants to shop for t-shirts. You suggest getting t-shirts with pictures of ice cream on them. I don't know how that solves the problem there. <laughs> but group think, look, that's that's a real common one. Everyone's doing this. And it's I guess that's sort of the bandwagon thing. Everyone's doing it, so we should be doing it too. Yeah, feels like there's some overlap there. Like the the group think is 
kind of like you get like a spe- you know like a lot of ideas are just a cluster of, of spe- more specific ideas. Yep. So I feel like it's like because all this stuff when I started reading about cognitive biases, essentially they're little shortcuts, like quote unquote efficient ways of thinking things, so you don't have to think everything okay. through. Which obviously just makes you open for a bunch yeah, of yeah. mistakes. Yeah, because because they might be right. 70% of the time, yeah. right? Eight, let's face it, groupthink, you have 80% chance that, hey, there's a there's 100 people in this room and they're all saying we should do this thing. There's a pretty good chance that they're right. Yeah. The problem lies in if they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, and it has a lot to do with like opinions about stuff as well. Like, you know, obviously the political system like really opens people up for that where it's like, yeah, if you're a Democrat, you're gonna think this when in reality, you really feel strongly about this and like two things. But everything else that kind of comes along with being a Democrat or whatever, mm-hmm. or a Republican, both obviously both sides, or whatever, um, you just sort of automatically think that or feel that as well. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm against this, even though it has nothing to do with you. You never thought about it really, and but everyone else in the group thinks that, so now I think that too. Yeah, you know, this is what I find with groupthink. First of all. Because again, I think I'm, I think I've, and I've never thought too much about these things, but I think I have always kind of understood that they were there and they've always kind of scared me or I've been aware of them. And I think part of that's kind of like <laughs> being a hardcore kid growing up, everything yeah. was kind of contrary, yeah, right? Yeah. But here's what I find when you get into a planning situation, there's people planning for an operation or a mission or some kind of a new market we're gonna go into, groupthink starts happening. Mm. And I'm very, very weary of it. Mm. And therefore, I've always been a person that would say like, that would ask that question. Mm. You know, that question that is a that is an affront to the groupthink that's happening. I've always been that guy that said, hey, well, what happens if, what will happen if that doesn't occur? Mm. You know, what, what if what if the enemy is there? Everyone's like, the enemy would never be. I'm the person that goes like, wait a second, what if the enemy is there? Or hey, yeah, we think everyone's gonna buy this stuff, but what if, what if people don't want that particular product? And what I find is that when you ask that question, if there's true groupthink happening, a lot of times that very first question, it's the hardest question to ask, but once you ask it, other people say, it's almost you get this you get this nice sort of backlash to the group think. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, there there could be enemy there, you know. And all of a sudden, people say we we there's no way. It's almost like a a pendulum swinging in the other direction sometimes. Yeah. But what you have to be cognizant of is you need to make sure that you're the person that's not joining the group think. Always. This is another reason to detach and take a step back. Always be outside that group if you can. And I'm not talking about being a nonconformist, and I'm not really even talking about being a contrarian just for the right. sake of being contrarian, because that's annoying. Yes. And I've I've worked for some people that were contrarians, and they were just anything that you said to them, they had some opposite idea. Right. Anything that you said, they had some opposite idea, and that's I, I get it. Maybe they're just playing devil's advocate, right. but at the same time, if they try and stick to it a little bit too much, you think, hey, you're just tr- trying to say this because you don't want to listen. Yeah. So I think you have to be smart. You have to stay out of the group enough, and you if you ask that one good question, oftentimes you'll see that people respond in a positive way to it. Yeah, that's interesting, devil's advocate, right? Because that kind of seems like 
such a useful tool if it's a for real like okay because there's it seems like anyway there's a difference between being a contrarian because people just get off in mm-hmm. on you know doing that and then there's devil's advocate which is a useful, yeah, yeah. useful tool. tool red cell yeah. what is red cell red again? cell is when you have a base and i attack your base from a friendly, like I'm doing it as a friend oh, right. to see if you, you how your defense, yes. to check your defense. Yeah, yeah, it's red cell, like red team, right? Yeah, red yep. team. Yeah, yep. yes, exactly right. Where it's like that's kind of the purpose of being a devil's advocate, but people essentially abuse the 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 pleasure of being the devil's advocate, and then they become a country. Yeah, it's like devil's advocate gone too far. Country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but some people are just like that. Like you mentioned the the hardcore thing. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, there's a lot of groups or whatever that are kind of like that where they're like, hey, we're nonconformist straight up. Like, yeah. I don't care what it is. I don't even I don't even feel strongly about this thing, but I'm just against it, you know, which is obviously lame. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Next one. Halo effect. If you see a person as having a positive trait, that positive impression will spill over into their other traits. And it says this also works for negative traits. Taylor could never be mean. She's so cute. (laughs) What I I find interesting about that one, because I was thinking about that, not by name, but as we were talking about the fundamental attribution error, where if I think Echo's late, well, now Echo does a shoddy job. Or, or even if you did a good job, I go, oh, it could have been better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's that's a good one. The way you do one thing, this happens all this happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of the jujitsu guy, right? Oh, that guy's so good at jujitsu, and all of a sudden yeah. they can do everything. Yeah, you trust them. <laughs> yeah. Everything. <laughs> Gotta watch out for that halo effect. Mor- moral luck. Better moral standing happens due to a positive outcome. Worse moral standing happens due to a negative outcome. Huh. X culture won X war because they were morally superior to the losers. Hmm. Yeah, kind of like the movies, right? Like we think life is like the movies. Like, of course, the good guy wins kind of thing. Isn't it weird when the bad guy wins? Yes. Like in sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You ever been watching an MMA fight? Yeah. And the person that you just you just don't like this individual yeah. as a human. Yeah. And they just win. And it's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but this is but this would be saying that that when the good when the person with the good attitude wins, it's because they're just a better person. Yeah. But it doesn't really work out all the time. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, false consensus. We believe more people agree with us than is actually the case. Everybody thinks that is the is the example. And I, you know, you know my do you know my favorite example of that? Mm-hmm. Is when I went to the Virginia 1990 whatever and the UFC was playing and I thought there was going to be oh, yeah. I thought we weren't going to be able to get in and see it because it was going to be too crowded mm-hmm. and I thought everybody was watching UFC and no one watched it. We yeah. were alone in a bar watching the UFC mm-hmm. that we showed up 5 hours early to get good seats and no one showed up. Yeah. I'm very once again I'm using the word scared. Is that the right word? I'm very aware, I'm very attuned to this. And that that is it's because of that one time I've yeah. never forgotten how that's how off I was. Yeah. I was so off on thinking everybody watches UFC. Everybody, 
And we were in San Diego, kind of the mecca of jujitsu, yeah. and everyone's training, and we're all watching UFC, and we'd go, and it was a big deal. Yeah. So I go out to Virginia. I think it's going to be the same way. Yeah. No one cared. So I'm always aware. I guess I'm not scared, but I'm aware of that cognitive bias that I have. Yeah. Uh, this is an odd example of that. Maybe it is that, that, maybe it's not. I don't know. You tell me. So I'm at, we were having a, this is years ago. So we're having a party. And it's like a regular adult party, whatever. People, you know, come over, they bring their dish, mm-hmm. whatever that kind. And this guy. Echo Charles with the potluck parties <laughs> back in the day, keeping it real. <laughs> I didn't organize, but whatever. So anyway, this guy comes and he was not, let's just say he was not very a very healthy person. Mm-hmm. He, wasn't, he wasn't a health conscious person mm-hmm. at all, like mm-hmm. at all. And he brings over this dish and it's, um, I, I don't even know if it tasted good or not because it was like soaking in a pond of oil. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like, you know how like the fat grease or whatever kind of coagulates on the edge of the, the mm-hmm. pan? It was like that, mm-hmm. you know? And he was like fired up about this dish or whatever. What was the actual meal some, in there? Some meat. Thing. Okay. Check. I, for, I forget what it was. It has a name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro. So I'm like, all right, we'll see what up, you know? And I taste like a little spot. And bro, I don't get heartburn at all. At all, at all. Maybe under some circumstance, but it's super rare. But I ate a little piece of it and gave me like this weird heartburn. And I was like, bro, how can anyone eat this thing? You know, but that was his jam, you know? And so I figure, oh, you know what? I'm not, I shouldn't be that surprised with this kind of stuff, you know, like just cause, you know, I, I lean towards the health conscious thing, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm making some, I don't know, meatloaf or I don't know, whatever, yeah. I'm going to be conscious of how much butter or whatever, whatever goes in meatloaf. I don't know. I don't make meatloaf, but <laughs> I'm going to be conscious of that part of it. You know, I don't know what cognitive bias you just talked about, but, but it definitely is one. The really? one that it is, is like, you think it's bad. So all of a sudden you have heartburn and it's got to be the purpose of this kind of the cause of the heartburn was absolutely this one little chunk of fried meat that was, you have. Oh, it was. Oh, I felt the thing. I felt That's my what I'm saying. That's going, cognitive boom. bias. No, no, no. Yes, was, what, yes. Was that the fundamental attribution error kind of thing? Yeah. No, I think no, it's no. more like moral luck. That guy's bringing this food <laughs> in. Now he gave me heartburn. I wasn't really judging the guy as much as I was like, how could anyone just arbitrate anyone think that this is the jam right here like this thing is like obviously too much it's too uh, oh i see un- what you're like saying rich it didn't even make sense to you that someone could be eating this yes and exactly bring it right. to a party for everyone to eat yeah exactly right but mm. yeah that and, was and it probably was one of the first dishes gone because it probably tasted real good and no 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 oh really it. it was that bad huh? but here's the thing you have to consider the group though you know <clears> so <throat> back to this false consensus thing they were jujitsu guys <laughs> <laughs> there were some jujitsu guys there yes but look, if you're living in a bubble or whatever, you guys have this consensus that, oh, yeah, everyone, like, everyone's going to not like that. And then in his bubble, oh, yeah, everyone eats this kind of stuff. It tastes good or whatever, you know, whatever his opinion is about it. He kind of came to that consensus and, oh, yeah, everyone thinks this, you know. But it was like that mm-hmm. error, that wrong when it, when, it, um, when it actually went down, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you're living in a bubble a lot of so the time. So he had false cons- consensus. I think we all did, or we both did. Because <laughs> I was baffled 
<laughs> on like why he would why this even existed yeah, this joke. meal this dish and he was pr- I mean dish. if he w- if he would have knew my opinion he would have been baffled and like what you don't like that are you crazy that was obviously his flagship dish otherwise he he would have made something else right <laughs> like when you go to the potluck you know you bring the jam the one that impresses everybody I think Jack anyway. Jack false consensus next one curse of knowledge. Once we know something, we assume everyone else knows it too. Very good one to watch out for. Alice is a teacher and struggles to understand the perspective of her new students. Cool. But what's scary about this is is as a leader in a leadership position, this is where it's a real problem because you think everybody understands the strategic mission. You think everybody understands why they're doing what they're doing and they don't. And so you have to be, especially in a leadership position, you have to be very careful of the curse of knowledge. Now, if you're if you're a following, and I have no idea what's happening, I can't just be mad that I don't know what's happening. I go, oh, Echo might have the curse of knowledge where he does, he thinks we all know, and what I need to do is raise my hand and say, hey, Echo, why are we doing this? What's the mission here? And he goes, oh, I thought you knew. Well, I didn't. That's why I'm asking you. Mm. So don't just say, oh, the boss isn't telling me he's got the curse of knowledge. No, actually ask a good question and move the situation forward. Yeah, yeah, that's where I've, I've noticed. Dean Lister, curse of knowledge. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've been training with him for 20 years and he shows me some escape. Yeah. And I go, bro, you never showed me that escape. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, we learned oh, that. I'm sorry. On my third day or whatever. Yeah, I learned that on my third day. But then he'll be he'll say, oh, I learned that on January 17th, 1996 <laughs> yeah, yeah. when I got caught in this move and I escaped and that's when I realized it worked. And you're like, cool, how about sharing that? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Spotlight effect. We overestimate how, how much people are paying attention to our behavior and appearance. Sally is worried everyone is going to notice how lame her ice cream t-shirt is. Speaking of lame, some of those examples, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is, everyone th- always thinks. Uh, I've said this yeah. to many people, many people. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares about that. No one cares. You know, someone's paranoid. You know, I don't have a college degree. No one yeah. cares. Yeah. Are you doing a good job? Or, or I don't have any experience in this. No one's watching. Yeah. They don't, if you, the only reason the thing that will make them watch is if you say, Try and act like you know everything, mm. which is talking about leadership strategy and tactics, but don't do that. People, people aren't watching you as carefully as you can. You know what else happens is when you're, when you're new in a group, let's say, and I've worked with uh, females before, going into a mostly male situation, and they're worried about it. I say, no one, the, the, the person that knows, the person that's noticing that you're a female is you. Yeah. No one else really cares. They just want to get the job done. Yeah. Now, can you get some outliers that care about that? Sure, some somebody that can't deal with it or whatever, but that's going away now too. So you have to you have to just say, okay, do a good job. <laughs> that's what you do. You do a good job. Got got a young person coming in and they're taking over a department that's got a bunch of senior people. They're 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 against me because I'm younger than. No one cares. Yeah. Hey, wait, let me let me rephrase that. Most people don't care. Yeah. Most people don't care you're male, female. Most people don't care you're old, young. Most people don't care. Most people don't care about that. But you know who cares? You do. Spotlight. Spotlight effect effect coming at you. 
I feel like people, you know, and obviously this is all natural stuff or whatever, but, and, you know, people have different insecurities about different things, which mm-hmm. can, seems like anyway, can exacerbate this spotlight of, like, you know, how, I don't know, people with their body necessarily mm-hmm. or, or, or uh, potentially like, um, or a part of their body or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, guys losing their hair or something mm-hmm. like this, right? Where, you can be losing your hair, like literally. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone cares about other people losing their hair. No one cares. I don't think I've ever, that has ever been a factor. But it makes sense that, you know, like when you you start losing your hair, it's like everyone's looking. <laughs> everyone's looking at my thing, you know, whatever. Um, it, But it seems like, like let's say you know somebody and they, you know that they're insecure about something, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> And let's say that thing is brought to light mm-hmm. and they're just acting like they don't care. Not that they're like pointing. They're not making fun of it. They're not, they're just literally acting like it's not existing. Wait, which person? The insecure person. Okay. If they can pull that off, that literally, what do you call? Negates. Oh, overcomes. Yeah, yeah. The spotlight yeah. light effect. So, you know, like, so, and let me, this is kind of leading me to a question. So let's say, you know, how you see people doing like a speech or a presentation mm-hmm. or something. And you can't tell they're nervous, but then they say right in the beginning, well, I'm a little bit nervous, you know, excuse me. And then they go into their speech. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a good thing to do? Because, I mean, it seems like they're trying to like, hey, you might notice I'm nervous. Pay no attention to that, you know. And it's kind of like points out the elephant in the room almost. But they do run the risk of like, bro, no one knew that. Now we're looking for all your little nervous things because you pointed it out. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the best – I'm not sure how that plays out. And I think you're right. I think it could play out sometimes. It could play out good. Sometimes it could play out bad. You know, it's good to be upfront with people say, hey, I'm freaked out being here right now. But this is what I want to talk to you about. That, that, there's a little bit of – humility in that and a little bit of humanizing yourself to the group and not trying to act so i think sometimes it could be good but you you know what it boils down to i'll tell you what it boils down to now that i think through it Mm -hmm. if you studied and you prepared and you're ready Mm -hmm. you can come out and say that and it'll be fine yeah if you're using that as an excuse because you actually didn't prepare and you didn't study and you're not ready you didn't rehearse it doesn't matter what you say Uh, it's gonna be real obvious that you didn't rehearse if you go, if you train and you rehearse and you practice and you're prepared, it shows. Yeah. Huh? And Dang, if you don't, so it doesn't matter what you say. Everyone's like, oh, well, you didn't prepare. Yeah. Because even when people have prepared, but they get choked up, they get nervous, everybody gives you credit for even, you. like when you're watching someone, you go, ah, oh, you know what? They, they at least tried. And, and you... It's a little halo effect, right? You say, well, I can right, tell that they prepared, bit, yeah. but they just are getting a little little locked yeah. up right now. Yeah, and their expectations were kind of, they weren't all high because the person already said, hey, I'm a little bit nervous mm-hmm. or whatever, but hey, I'm going to do this presentation. Yeah. So they're like, okay, so yeah. you being nervous, I accept that. You you told me I accept it, and then now my attention is on the presentation, which it's supposed to be. Yeah, the presentation kind of is junk. You're kind of like, <laughs> right, you're kind of junk, really. Mm-hmm. You're nervous, and you didn't give me any p- presentation? Put extremely. But if the presentation is actually good, yep. you're like, oh, man, you're all nervous, and you still delivered this good yeah. cut. Co- you know, like you're on yeah. their side kind of thing. Yeah. Humanizing yeah. is good. Prepare, preparation, always good. But you got to keep that in mind. If you, it's kind of like you said when you were talking about if someone can play off whatever their insecurity is, yeah. if you can pull that off, it, you're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> You're so good to go. You know what's funny is I do dumb things 
Yes, sir. Things things that are unacceptable, sort of socially. Yeah. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I'll give you one too, if you don't. Okay, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I wear a freaking uh, a phone holster, yeah. like on my shorts. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. And I don't I care. That. <laughs> it's the most effective way to carry that thing when yeah. you just wear surf shorts all the time. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> Some people, they won't wear one. Yeah. Even though it's more efficient and effective, they will not wear it because they're embarrassed by it. Yeah. I don't care. You look like a dork or whatever. You don't look like a dork, but I'm saying that's what. See, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? You say I don't look like a dork, even though it is a dorky thing to do. That's actually really true about all all your dorky stuff that you do, (laughs) for real. So, like, when you do it, it's kind of like, all right. Or maybe at a glance, it'll seem dorky, but all you have to do is, like, function normally. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, what's another example? Um this might be like going down to the nitty gritty. It might not be super uh-huh. extra dorky, but it's on the dorky side of things. Uh, <laughs> your socks when you work out. Oh, that's right. That's uh, a big one. Yeah. That's, that's a big one because people, I didn't even know that was a thing, it's right? A, it's I didn't even thing. know that was a thing. Wearing socks or like white socks, whatever, dorky socks. Just yeah. do, I just don't care. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been, uh, I'm not very insecure about that. I'm no. just good with it. <laughs> But you can tell when people, that's what, that's what, that's, so, you know, that's where that confidence comes in, right? Yeah. It's where confidence comes in. And I'll tell you, people want to know how to become confident. You know how you become confident? Prepare, train, work hard. That's how you become confident. Yeah. You don't become confident by looking in the mirror and saying like, I'm the best, I'm the best. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to convince yourself. You're trying to mm-hmm. sell yourself. No, what you do is you prepare, you train, you work you do the thing, you rehearse, that's what you do. When you do that stuff, you, you become more confident. And by the way, you also have to go out, and you have to try, and you have to fail, you have to get set back, you have to realize that it doesn't kill you. Yeah. Right, you have to go, oh, I'm, I, I'm afraid to public speak. Okay, you go and do it, you don't do a good job, but you realize you didn't die, yeah. right? And there was a couple, you got a couple nods, head nods, or laughs, or you know whatever from the, so you, okay, I made a little progress. Yeah. Well, in your situation, okay, because there, and I'm talking about like the result as of right now, or whatever, as for the times I've known you. What um, you? It seems like anyway, you don't care about. There's there's like a trillion things to care about, and you care about maybe five. Mm-hmm. The rest, <laughs> your care level is like at a one, not even one point five. <laughs> and it seems like that kind of plays itself out in that way too, with the phone holster and the socks yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. You're kind of like uh, there. I care about other things. That's what it seems like, you know. And even uh, like, you know, even like with your haircut or whatever, that's not dorky, by yeah. the way. It's one of the best haircuts in existence, my opinion. But um, but it is one of those things where you're just like, I don't care about like styling my hair in this, yeah. in any particular like way, you know. So anyway, the question is, have you, like, do you think you've been like that since a kid or did you do it through, you know, because you say you got to prepare, you got to, you know, do all this stuff, right, for confidence. That, it seems like anyway, that that can result in understanding what to care about that's that's good for you and what to not care about yes like yep. so did you were you always like that or through experience i think you, just through experience yeah you know, oh that's not important it's i don't care i don't care about that yeah. you know at some point it was like oh that no oh, i don't want people to see me with whatever yeah. even though i gotta say i was a phone holster white <laughs> socks bringing it 
Yep. Bro, there, there was a, when you were at my house, when um we're, well, when we had all the kids together, I forget, uh-huh. um, whose who's birthday was that? When, I remember you were, you were judging, diving yeah, 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 off yeah. the thing? Anyway, so you came in, this is one of my kids, uh, I think one of my kids was super young, so we had mm-hmm. the pool fence, mm-hmm. and that pool fence, there's a gate, right, to go in, and you're like coming in the gate, and you had never encountered a gate like that mm-hmm. before. So I was like looking, I was like, okay. And then I know that gate is kind of confusing when you first look at it. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, a regular handle, you open it. So you, instead of, because the handle looks weird too. It doesn't even look like a handle. So you got to unlock it. You got to mm-hmm. pull it up and then unlatch it or whatever. And you were like looking at it for like literally like one second, mm-hmm. maybe two seconds, which is no time at all, by the way. Usually people are trying to figure it out. And, hey, how do we, you know. You just grabbed, you grabbed the opposite <laughs> side of where you're supposed to grab. Unhooked the whole gate. Just unhooked it. Ripped it out of the thing. And I say rip because it's like you got to put effort into that. Ripped it out of the hole in the ground, in the cement, by the way. Opened that part up as the gate and then like stuffed it back in. And <laughs> I watched you do that. And I was like, dang, bro, that was the most ogreish thing I've ever seen anyone do with that gate. And you just continued on. Kind of like you didn't no even factor. do that. Yep, no factor. And I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's uh, impressive. Got to watch out for that. Yep. Um, next one, availability heuristic. Yep. So we rely on immediate examples that come to mind while making judgments. Example, when trying to decide on which store to visit, you choose the one most you most recently saw an ad for. Okay. Yeah, that one... Um, I, that one I talk to you about from time to time, availability bias. Yeah. It's like basically the thing that's like the most available to you in your mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it comes from your emotional attachment to it. So you can, and it, this can reveal itself in so many, so many ways, positive, negative, whatever. Something is futile as like a store or whatever. Mm-hmm. But okay. So when I was in high school, I was making a left turn into a parking lot mm-hmm. and I wouldn't call it a blind turn at all it's mm-hmm. just a left turn in the parking lot you gotta cross the lane right so and i did it literally every single day since i learned how to drive and one day i was a senior i was making a left turn and a guy a drunk driver was coming full speed like you know school zone 15 mm-hmm. miles per hour this guy was i think doing like 40 or 50 or something like this and he and he crashed into my car head on boom ruined totaled the car i did not get hurt aside from like you know burns from the seatbelt or whatever um so I was like, okay, cool, you know, whatever, I was fine. I had a football game that night, too, mm-hmm. whatever, played all good. But now, every time I make that left turn, I'm, like, super gun-shy, super mm-hmm. sketch. The kind, like, I'm, like, like oh, sh-, like, I'm looking, I'm double You don't have to double look, nothing. It's like you can see the car coming from far away. Mm-hmm. It's a safe turn to make from, for a regular driver, but I'm nervous every single time, and it lasted for a long time. So it's, it's, a, it's essentially, I mean, that's one version of how I can jam you up. Where, like, that experience is so available in my mind that it's like that bias toward is always going to be towards that experience because <laughs> it's so emotionally available. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I was driving. I was up uh, in the mountains, and my son was driving the van. Sure. And I'm in the passenger seat, and we're on this kind of a, not a highway, but a pretty main road, just a two-lane road, but it's pretty well-traveled with a lot of trucks. Big trucks. So anyways, there's a stoplight. And the stoplight is a 
you can he wants to make a left turn and there's actually a well that's it there's a there's a stoplight and he starts to make a left turn well he stops and there's a truck coming the opposite direction same situation that you got nailed in and all of a sudden and it the, the truck is at a distance where i think I, I think well the safe thing to do would be just wait until the truck goes but if you're in a rush or if you just want to kind of get after it we're yeah. just going to gas it and, and and we can make it pretty yeah. easily well he so he starts to press down on the gas pedal like i feel the i feel the brake come off and i'm like oh he's going to go for it you know like kids got some got some aggressive driving habits whatever but then he doesn't gun it he just sort of starts to turn casually yeah as if no all good right well this truck is coming and about i guess halfway through the turn he starts to gas it a little bit more but but even then not a lot and and i and then the truck you know sails by our rear end or whatever and I said, did you think that truck had to stop? <laughs> and he says, yes. <laughs> so so it right felt away. weird. It felt yeah. weird. You know, if he would have gone, right? right? It would have been no factor. But he went, like trying to be a nice driver. Right. And we almost got, well, I right guess here. almost is a strong word. But right. it was way closer than than we like yeah you, know? you start to run that risk a yeah. little bit there but the funny thing is is he, he i said did you think that truck truck had to stop and i could see like he had the little bit of a stunned look not yeah. a stunned look a little bit of a like nervous look on his face yeah. he goes yes oh, I was like, okay he at least he admitted it yeah I that's don't know. true um the the jing, like jingles and you know like in advertising i mean oh, yeah, yeah. in advertising commercials and jingles or slogans or whatever that's what they're trying to play on you know where mm-hmm. it's like you know when you think you know plumbing think this you know you know those kinds yeah. of slogans or whatever that's what they're trying to play up on the availability bias oh, so it, it's it, like it. um say 15% or more right if you want to say you know that hopefully now every time you think of like I don't know saving money or mm-hmm. insurance or whatever you're gonna think of these certain things or whatever that's that that's the intention yeah. there they it's know what they're doing they're taking advantage of that 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 bias the bias yeah the car crash thing availability bias I'm not the best example but it's one that when I first started like reading about this availability bias I was like that seems like there's some Availability bias. My gun shyness on that turn had something to do with this availability bias. Defensive attribution. As a witness who secretly fears being vulnerable to a serious mishap, we will blame the victim less and attacker more if we relate to the victim. So here's the example. Sally sat too long at a green light because she was playing with her phone. She got rear-ended. Greg, who is known to text and drive, got out and yelled at the person who smacked her. So this is, this is just about being, who, who do you relate to, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When someone's a little bit late, Echo's like, yeah, bro, I probably had something <laughs> going on. Yeah, too <laughs> Whereas bad. I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> with your life. Uh, just world hypothesis. We tend to believe we tend to believe the world is just. Therefore, we assume acts of injustice are deserved. Sally's purse was stolen because she was mean to Francis about their t-shirt and had bad karma. Hmm. 
naive realism. We believe that we observe objective reality and that other people are irrational, uninformed, or biased. That one's I see the world as it really is. Other people are dumb. <laughs> That's the yeah. example. It seems like that could jam some relationships. It's, it's interesting to me because so many of these are related to, you know, they're basically related to how big your own ego is, right? Mm-hmm. Because that right there is ego. If you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, I mean, obviously Echo doesn't see things the way they really are, and I do. Yeah. Bad way to think. Naive cynicism. We believe that we observe objective reality and that other people have a higher egocentric bias than they actually do in their intense reaction. So this is, this is what I just said. Yeah. Applying that to everybody else like Paul that's just ego. That's just echoes ego. He doesn't get it The example they give the only reason this person is doing something nice is to get something from me Mm. Naive cynicism That's an interesting word for it We believe that we observe objective reality and that other people have a higher egocentric. Oh, this is when you think everyone's out for themselves Mm. Mm Mm-hmm Yep, you think everyone's, oh yeah, I see why Echo's giving me this new gi. It's because he wants free gym membership. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And you know what? There's a bunch more of these. Let's wrap this up. We'll cover some more of these cognitive biases on the next Jocko Underground podcast. You good with that? Yes. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us on this initial first Jocko Underground Podcast. Thanks for supporting the cause. We appreciate it. And as always, you can get supplements from JockoFuel.com. You can get jujitsu gear, jeans, boots, clothing from OriginMain.com. You can also get stuff to represent while you're on the path, as Echo Charles likes to say, from JockoStore.com. Written a bunch of books. You can check those out. And I have a leadership consulting company. If you're interested, you can go to EchelonFront.com. On the interwebs, we're there. We're hanging out. Echo is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. And thanks for joining us undercover in the underground. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.